I grew up eating beef tongue, but not a lot of people eat beef tongue. So I mixed it with a gnocchi. I figured, you know, something familiar that people are, are willing to try. You know, put a little crazy ingredient with it and it might be a little easier for people to go and, and dive in after. And all 90 people ate, ate the beef tongue. We had our first one in Alito. Uh, we had about 60 people, 45 people. <laughs> we did two turns. I can't remember. It was like two and a half. Oh, we'll, we'll go with 60. Yeah, let's go 60. It's the Culinary School Podcast presented by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. Here's your host, James Creange. Welcome to the Culinary School Podcast. I'm your host, James Creange. Today I'm joined by Chef Juan Rodriguez from Magdalena's Catering and Events. Thank you so much for joining me today, Juan. No, oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, Appreciate th- it. This is great. I know you said this is your first podcast. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, first one. It's interesting. It's fun so far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I love this opening line on your website. Um, you guys put, we're committed to bringing you fresh seasonal ingredients from farmers, ranchers, foragers, and fishermen who are dedicated to a fully visible food chain. And I'm sure that's not the cheapest route for your food and, and not the easiest way to go. Um, but why are you so committed to that mission statement? You know, my grandmother, who we named the company after, and my uncle as well, really everybody in my family, they were big about taking us to the, the market and taking us to the, the local butcher and, um, you know, getting our own uh, meats. And we actually, my family butchered and harvested our own uh, animals as well down in Monterey. Um, so I wanted to keep that tradition alive and by sourcing, you know, from your, your local people and um you know, I wanted to stay true to, you know, who I was and where I came from. How long did it take you to find people that you trusted um, to get you the highest quality products? I'm still finding people. It, it, it you know, I've, I've known half of them for a long time, so I've built a, a good relationship with them. But I'm still finding, you know, new um, farmers and new people to uh, provide some um, some ingredients for us. You know, I just Got a hold of some Padron peppers from Spain that a local guy in uh, here in the Richley Hills area is growing in his backyard and uh, urban farming, you know. Um, so it's it's fun when everybody just sees what you're trying to do and and they all just come out and say, hey, this is what I'm, I'm doing. You interested? I'm like, absolutely. I'm interested. Give me what you have. Give me your product. Yeah, I think that's great. And I'm sure you hear a lot of positive feedback, right, on the food. It's um, there's definitely, there's gotta be a noticeable difference. There is, there is a, a big difference. Um, and people notice it and, and we're very fortunate that people keep coming back, uh, to try the food and, uh, we let the food kind of speak for itself. So as a caterer, I'm sure there's so many different kinds of events that you get to do. Uh, what's your favorite event to work or do you have one specific memory that's a favorite? I don't know if I have a favorite. I actually you know what my favorite events are the intimate in-home dinners you get to interact with the other guest you know it's a small 20 to 30 person uh catering but it, it's fun because you get to interact and and you pretty much put on a, um in-home cooking demo if you will um but it, it gets them it really gets the the evening energized um and i think those are my favorite events to do 
Um, so you mentioned this before, but uh, the name Magdalena's uh, comes from your grandmother. Mm-hmm. Why was it so important for you to honor her in that way? She was the matriarch of our family. Um, she brought everybody together. She made sure we have there were some issues between family members that they were resolved before we you know we went forward. Um, you know she took care of her whole family. So I, you know, out of respect, I, I it's only fitting that we name the company after her. And how did she help mold you, uh, not only as a person, but as a young chef? You know, it, it, her cooking was very simple. Um, so I try to keep that tradition going with simple ingredients, nothing too crazy. I mean, of course, my modern take on things can go a little, you know, a little off, but I, I try to keep my base as, you know, as, you know, simple ingredients, simple recipes, uh, like she did, um, into, into what we do. Uh, so do you still use the same recipes or do you just use that theory of simplicity? I use the theory of simplicity. <laughs> I mean, some of the stuff, I, it's some recipes are, are still, uh, used. I still use them, but most of it is just the theory behind it. <laughs> uh, so I read that you grew up in Chicago, mm-hmm. um, but you would take trips to Mexico yeah. uh, to visit your grandmother. And, and now you're here in Texas. How much do all three of those different spots kind of play into your oh, menu? big, big, big part of, of what I do. Um, you know, it, it was, it was fun because in Chicago, it's, it's a melting pot. Now, my mom's side, uh, the Puerto Rican, so I was always around Puerto Rican food. You know, and not only that, but you have your 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 pockets of you know, your Polish community, your your Cuban, your uh, you know your Colombian. So it's always some different. But just going back and forth, you know, I, I tell everybody I'm very fortunate to be raised in two different cultures. Because uh, that's helped me mold myself into into what we do, and you know, just memories of you know the pigs that we used to roast, and you know the tortillas that my mom used to make, or anything like that. Try to bring into that into what we do. And uh, one of the ways you feature that is not only uh, through your cooking, but also through your blog posts, mm-hmm. um, which I was reading some of those, and, and you were talking about uh, these old you know, ways you used to cook stuff. And, um, you know, how did you come up with that idea? And do you find that's a good way to connect with your customers? Yeah, I think that's a great way to connect with my customers. You know, I think we're, we're in a age where people want to find some kind of connection with, with the chef. And, um, you know, I want people to know where, where I'm from and how I was raised and what I was exposed to. And, you know, one of the blogs talks about Gabrito and Gabrito is big in Monterey and it was at every party that we had, you know, Christmas, birthdays, baptisms. It was always a part of it, uh, but it was a way for us to come together, and and really it was a way for for us to to cook. Um, the men did all the grilling. Um, you know, my grandmother, my mom, and my aunts would make the the sides and the the fresh tortillas. But uh, it's those memories that kind of help mold where we are. Yeah, and, and uh, how do you, like, how important is it for you um, to never stray away from those memories? Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this properly, but it seems like all of your work 
it's it's kind of pulling off something that happened in your past. Um, you know, is it? Do you try to stay as true as possible? I so try that? to stay as true as possible. You know, it, I, I stray away, you know, many times with me wanting, you know, get creative. But it's I think it's those memories that 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 really make and mold you. You know, it's it's you know those days at the market, or it's just you know how your mom and your grandmother are making those tortillas and. I still to this day can't make the the same dough that they make, you know. <laughs> but it it pushes me to better myself, you know. Pushes me to, um, you know, really push the boundaries as as a chef and as a cook with my uh, memories and uh, things that I've you know went through in the past. Uh, so you worked at Riata and you worked at Lonesome Dove and, mm-hmm. and some other kitchens for many years. Um, did you always know you wanted to eventually get into catering, or did that kind of no. fall into your lap? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, and uh, our our whole thing was, you know, after uh, my wife made and I made the decision to to leave uh, Riata, um, we wanted to, you know, do some caterings, but put money back into uh, our our bank account so we can put money back in the in the restaurant. That was the plan: open up a restaurant. So you know what? Let's let's um, put our name out. Let's do some caterings here and there, and put it back into a fund where we can open up something. That kind of got pushed back. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the the whole restaurant thing got put back. You know, in the back burner because um, we were just getting so busy with caterings. We 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 kind of just pushed it aside. And you know, starting a new business. How did you get that initial word out uh, for Magdalena's? Word of mouth. Really, word it was of mouth. all just word of mouth. All word of mouth. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, so we, you got to have a superior product to be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, and, and that was one of the things you know we wanted to focus on on the product and, and the execution and make sure we provide good service. You know, from from the moment that that you know the, the host or the client uh, connects with my wife uh, to book a date to you know to the moment the chefs leave at the end of the night, uh, we wanted to make sure we follow through and making a make basically an experience out of it um, a lot of people you know don't plan events so they're they're a little hesitant especially if somebody that was new we want to make sure we kind of held their hand and make it a, a really nice smooth uh, process for them uh did you have any big supporters in the food industry in the beginning uh, when you guys were first getting started yeah i think all of my um you know, ex-employers were very supportive. You know, Mike McAuliffe from Riata, the president of Riata, was very supportive. And, um, you know, we've sat down and we've connected. And um, he was, I think, to me, was one of my big supporters. But everybody around me, all my chef friends were just, yeah, um, there if I needed. That's cool. That's great. Um, what were some of your biggest challenges uh, when you were first starting, uh, some of those early challenges? Hmm, I would say getting our our kitchen um, up and going um, with permits and with the city, you know, it was it was, it was a big challenge. Um, but I was fortunate that I had good family to support me, and they came up and helped me with you know the final uh, build out of the uh, of our kitchen. Cool. Uh, do you, was there a moment that you could look back to? Um, where you think you figured out, you know what, we made it. Like, we're going to be lasting here in Fort Worth. Um, 
I don't think there's a, a particular moment. Although last week um, it was really weird. I, I we have a couch in our office, so I just I sit there every now and then, and uh, we have all of our cameras, and I'll just be looking up. And last week I, I looked over to my wife and I said, "Hey, hun, can you believe that we've started in our kitchen <laughs> and now we have all of this?" And she said, no, you know, we're just very fortunate to be in this position. Um, you know, we we didn't think it was going to be, you know, this big, which is, you know, it's amazing. Uh, was this a dream of yours or was this a dream of your wife's or was this a shared dream that you both pursued together? Well, I've, I've you know, as a chef and it's, it's always been my dream as well. Um, you know, she's very supportive. When I was in culinary school, you know, I think it's every chef stream to open up their own business. And I wanted to, you know, my goal was to open up something. Um, so I, I met my wife and we we hit it off and she was uh, in the catering department as well. And it kind of everything just fell into place. Uh, so outside of catering, um, you guys do something which I think is super cool. Um, you have you know, your, your kind of secret special club, which I hope is okay for me uh, <laughs> yeah. bringing up here on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it ain't no secret anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, but could you tell me a little bit about that? The supper club and the yeah. Buenos Dias uh, breakfast club. As so well? we, we wanted to actually, we had a lot of, a lot of clients who asked us and said, Hey, do you guys have a restaurant? I said, unfortunately we don't, we're just a caterer for now. So well, what about the people that want to try the food that don't need anything catered? I said, well, that that's you know that's that's a that's a good you know it's a good way of making you think like hey, there's we need to reach more people. So we acquired a our kitchen, our our uh, commissary kitchen, catering kitchen is attached to an event space. So we took over that, and we couldn't have a restaurant. We can't have a restaurant because of the zoning. You know, we're in the residential area, uh, but we can have events. But, you know, I figured, you know what? I think every person that we talk to has an email. You know, let's start collecting emails like no other. So if I'm going to talk to you, we're going to end up striking the conversation. I'll get your email by the by the end of the uh, uh, of our talk. I figured, you know, people are always on their phones checking their emails. Let's create a newsletter that's, that's fun. Um, you know, I went to Portland and I saw this whole supper club type of dining what it was just kind of secret so we started doing that we had our first one in Alito. uh we had about 60 people 45 people i think it's 45 people <laughs> we did two turns i can't remember it's like two and a half uh, years we'll, ago. we'll go with 60 it's yeah let's go better. 60 <laughs> um and then from there it just just started growing started growing i think we started with about 150 emails and now we're at 4,500 emails, email subscribers. I think it's such a cool idea. And, and you guys do a new menu each month. Each right? month. Yeah. Yeah. There was, you know, it. Th- I wanted to keep it fresh. I wanted to keep it, you know, something that people were going to come back to. I didn't want to do the same thing every time because people just get bored. You know, I think our, our not attention span, but are, are willing to try new things, you know, changes and our flavors change and everybody's um, wanting something new. So I say, you know, let's do it every month. I think we can do that. I think we can 
you know, keep it fresh and keep it new and, you know, make a story out of our menus. Uh, and I know that you use some, um, what some might consider kind of out there ingredients. Uh, <laughs> do you ever get people kind of worried about trying that stuff? Sometimes, uh, <laughs> actually most of the time, <laughs> but once they, you know, once they're there, I do a speech before the dinner starts and talk about the ingredients and, um, their flavor profiles and, and what they can kind of compare it to. So that way they're not too off put by it. Uh, and by the end of the night, or I'd say 98% of the people try the food and they're like, yeah, you're right. You know, it tasted like coffee or it tasted like chocolate or whatever the profiles may be. So I get on point with it. And what's the craziest thing you've put in food or what some might consider crazy? Oh, uh, we've gotten crickets and, <clears throat> and we got in, um, uh, ants from Oaxaca. I think might be the craziest thing. I think those were the top two, uh, lengua tongue, beef tongue. Uh, I grew up eating beef tongue, but not a lot of people eat beef tongue. So I mixed it with a gnocchi. I figured, you know, something familiar that people are, are willing to try, you know, put a little crazy ingredient with it and might be a little easier for people to go and, and dive in after. And all 90 people ate, ate the beef tongue. I was very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I, I um, was thinking about if I went to one of these dinners, would I try the food? I think I would. I think I can. But I don't know if I'll ever go. <laughs> um, so how proud are you that uh, you started this? You kind of had this idea of let's do this pop-up type restaurant. Um, and now it's something that's selling out in five to ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, yeah, we sold 640 seats on Friday. For the whole month of July, I'm like, I, you know, it, it's mind boggling, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's kind of rewarding just to have the support from all of our guests, you know, that we're doing something right and that we're providing, you know, a, a good experience that they keep coming back to. Yeah, that's that's really cool. That's uh, I you know, know. I, I think hopefully everyone will one day get to experience. Yeah, I hope and, so. Um, I hope so. I know people talk about uh, how excited they are just to have a reservation. Yeah, and yeah, that's, that's got to be a neat feeling. It is. It is. You know, and and it's 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 a great feeling, but at the same time, hearing the guests saying, "Oh, I've been waiting four or five months to get in. We're finally here." You know, that also puts a lot of a lot of pressure on on myself and and our staff. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, these guys have been waiting for five months. We need to make sure that everything's up to par and you know all their flavors are good because you know they're the anticipation. You know, it's 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 a lot for them, and you know we have to follow through with with what we're doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that was going to be my next question. Um, what is that stress level like uh, on those nights where you have this restaurant open? Not as stressful as a full service restaurant. <laughs> I can, you know, I can tell you that one. But you know, it, it is um, stressful um, for all of us because you know it, it's since it's only you know many nights a month, you you are more inclined to um, people really digging deep into, into the menu and what they're eating and, and really being critics. Um, but you know, we, we learn from our mistakes. So any, anything bad that they might say, we take it and we grow from it. We're fortunate that we haven't had many, um, but it's a good way for, for our staff to kind of be on their toes. Uh, so you're obviously a really busy person. You've got 
all this stuff going on. Um, and you had a son, Lucas, born yeah. uh, just nine months ago. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, how are you able to balance out that work life and that home life? You know, family. Family. My mom and my mother-in-law are um, they're both stay-at-home moms, and they were able to make it work with them. They, well, my mom watches him, you know, certain days of the week, and then my mother-in-law watches him the other, uh, the other days. Uh, we have a really good support system. We're very, very blessed to have a support system uh, from everyone, friends, and and particularly my family and her family, um, which makes it real easy to balance. You know that work-life balance that people are always talking about. Yeah. Um, so we're, you know, we just go with it, and you know, we just kind of learn as we go as well. Raising a, a nine-month-old, you know, <laughs> that's all you can do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you do you still cook at home or no? Are you, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, every now and then, every now and then, I'll I'll cook. Uh, but we we love to go out and and eat. We like to try new restaurants. Um, you know, we. We cook all day, and we we eat at our event space or our, our kitchen, our commercial kitchen. Um, so by the time we get home, we just want to get in the pool and, and swim and, and just spend time with Lucas. <laughs> uh, what are some of your favorite restaurants in Fort Worth? I like Patello. Um, Marcus at Pastelay, he he does great job with with the pastas. Everything's made in house. Um, Canon Chinese is is delicious. Let's see, where else do we? We go to Esperanza's. Well, I go to Esperanza's uh, <laughs> to get my big torta. Um, but I mean, there's there's so many. We go to Pacific Table as well. Uh, they do a great job. But yeah, there's there's a lot. We try to stay, you know, with our our local independent restaurants, and we support everybody. But you know, the independent ones are the ones that kind of need it the most. Um, and when you go to a place like that as a chef. Are you able to shut your brain off and just enjoy a meal, or are you critical the whole time? <laughs> I start off with with the closed mind. By the end of the dinner, it's it's way open. I'm, <laughs> I'm, you know, pinpointing everything and and you know the good, the bad. It's just it's it's hard not to. I I, I try not to, but. It ends. It doesn't end up like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I bet that's that's it's like hard. It's, yeah, exactly. It's hard. It, it is. It's hard, but yeah. That's part of it. Any Facebook or Instagram page I'm on, I do the same thing. So <laughs> no worries. <laughs> well, Juan, uh, thank you so much for taking the time out to do this today. Uh, no, I really thank you. appreciate you coming on. And yeah, um, That was fun. Yeah, that was, was a lot of it fun. was great having you on, and, and I hope it wasn't too stressful. Not at all. No, <laughs> no, I can do this all day. Let's, how much do we have? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again to Juan Rodriguez of Magdalena's for coming on to the podcast. Uh, really cool stuff he's got going on with the catering and then those pop-up dinners and brunches as well. I wish that I could get on the list and make it into his restaurant, maybe one day soon. Um, but I'm sure it'll take me quite a while to get to that point. Uh, quite a long wait on that, which is pretty awesome. Uh, if you like that podcast, go and check out our other podcasts. They're all available right there on SoundCloud or iTunes. And while you're at it, Go ahead and click subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Leave us a review and a rating if you like the show. It really helps us out um, and it helps other people to find this podcast as well. If you want to follow us on social media, you can check us out on Facebook. You can find us at the Culinary School of Fort Worth. 
and on Instagram, we're Culinary School FTW. Both of these avenues allow you um, to see everything that's going on in the school on a day-to-day basis, as well as all of our new podcasts, our videos, our pictures, our blog posts, pretty much everything going on, as well as some important dates to know for the school. Uh, So thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks.